Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. If you will, stand with me for the reading of the word and turn to the book of Micah, chapter 2. Some of you are like, oh, Micah? I know where Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is, but Micah? I'm going to give you time to find it. It's there. Micah (laughs) 2. Micah 2. Micah, you know the good thing is, look, I've been in church all my life. I grew up in my daddy's church. He uh, built a church out in a little town called Moss Hill. And little church. And uh, so I've been in church all my life. And boy, have think times changed. You used to tell people, get the word out, and you don't know what they're going to be pulling out. It's a phone. It's a book. It may be an iPad. You just don't know. Which really makes it hard for preachers to know whether or not you're really reading the word or if you're on Facebook. So you know what? God's taught us a lesson. Don't be distracted, Mom, Jeremiah. Just don't be distracted. <laughs> just act like they're following you and then just tell yourself and they'll be, you'll be all right. So it says in Micah 2 and 13, simple short verse that says, The breaker is come up before them. They have broken up and have passed through the gate and are gone out by it. And their king shall pass before them and the Lord on the head of them. Father, thank you for the word, the anointing that has been here and is here right now. And we declare this word is going to set people free. Father God, their, their, their heart and their mind is a ground that is plowed and ready. And this seed will not be cast away, but it will be put into their heart, Father, and it will produce. It will not return void, but Father, it will produce and do everything and accomplish every, every will in, in their life, Father, that you have for them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I have watched women as they have uh, this weekend. This is my third ladies conference in the last three weeks. So I'm pumped. (laughs) And and in the middle of all those, I had a revival as well. And so I am just, man, I've watched God do miraculous things. The Lord did something here. Uh, I was in uh, Myrtle Beach, California, suffering for Jesus. And <laughs> so I was in Myrtle Beach and I was a... Uh, uh, they're at a ladies' conference there in Carolina. And in the last service of that conference, the Lord spoke to me and said, I have set the atmosphere. It is ready for supernatural deliverance. One thing we need to understand is we don't come to God on our own. He sets the atmosphere and he has the timing. And when that time and that season is right, you better jump into it. When he makes that time available, you better not let it pass you by. And so... 
I'm gonna put these on so I can see you because right now you're just blurry. So if you start making faces or fall asleep, all I gotta do is take them off and I don't even know it. So right now I wanna see you. And so I, uh, the Lord spoke to me and he said, you tell them whatever is in there that they have brought with them, that they are addicted to, all kinds of addictions. And, and those that have hit it, they've hit it from the company that they came with. They're church people that they came with. They've hid some stuff. Some of them have hid their nicotine. They've hid their prescription drug addict addictions. They've hid the pornography. There's all kinds of addictions here. But the, you tell them that right now, the time is ready for supernatural deliverance. So I just was obedient and did that. And I'm going to tell you what, that was at the end of my sermon, right? As I was given the altar call. And I said, and God said, if you bring it right now and throw it on this platform, that you are going to be supernaturally set free. And you cannot even imagine that platform that was filled with paraphernalia. Women that were set free from stuff. So, So the next week I was in California and I was at a ladies conference and then I went right into uh, a revival. And the last night of that revival, the Lord spoke to me again. The very same thing. And he said, right now, the atmosphere is set and I am going to do a supernatural for deliverance for those who will come forward and just get rid of it. And if they don't have it on them, then anything that will represent that, tell them, bring it and put it on the platform. So I did exactly that. And I'm going to tell you what, people were throwing stuff at that church. They, they were throwing stuff up on that platform. There was one man that I just, I didn't have my glasses on, so I couldn't see exactly what all was going up there. But there's this one man, he had a whole thing of cards and he just threw them on the, the, platform and and a young lady she took her phone and she threw her phone on the platform and 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 other stuff that was all over the platform well at the end of that service the uh, man that had thrown those things up on the blew everybody's mind. let me tell you something when God begins to deliver uh, people of stuff and they begin to throw it up it's not for us to be snooping around say "Ooh, I never even knew that Come on now, we are women and we, I know how women operate. <laughs> and so I tell you what though, he threw up those things that were, those cards that were up there and every one of them were a free ticket to what they call the Deja Vu, which is a burlesque strip club. He had had them in his pocket and he threw them up there and he said God delivered him that that is something that he had been addicted to and been going to. The young lady had been seeing, looking at things. On, let me tell you something, ladies. Men's not the only one with porn addictions. Men is not the only And she threw it up there and she told the pastor, she said, take it, put it in your office, lock it up. Do not give it to me. The only thing I want off of it is my kids' pictures. I don't want it back. I need accountability. Let me tell you something. God is setting people free. And he's setting them free because there is a purpose. But I have found that so many people are struggling in life, just trying to get through struggles. There are people that are giving up right and left because they can't stay committed in the midst of struggles. They're getting tired of the fight. Come on, somebody. 
getting tired. How much longer, pastor? How much longer, evangelist? How much longer, intercessor or leader? How much longer do I have to keep praying for this same thing? How much longer am I going to have to stand on the front lines? Let me tell you something. We are living in the last time, in the last days. Jesus Christ is about to return for his church. He is about to return for his church. Israel knows it. The Jews know it. And it's time for America to understand it. Hallelujah. We need to understand as America that God has lifted a, a hedge. He has lifted the hedge and the attacks have began to happen in America because he is trying to get America's attention to come back to him. He's done it all through the word of God. Hallelujah. He did it to his own people, the Jews, to get them to turn back Israel, whatever he had to do to get them to turn back. And that's exactly what's happening. I don't know why we're going through the struggles that we are all going through. Really? I don't understand why it seems like it's one battle after the other. It seems like God, just at the time I get victory over one thing, another thing happens. God, I don't understand why, but I'll tell you this. And that is that it is keeping people on their knees and it's causing people not to look for just the blessing of God, but God, I got to have your face right now. I just need your presence. I'm not even asking for a raise right now. I just need your presence. I need joy restored. I need peace right now. I need the, the, the ability to be still right now. I need you, God, in this situation to bring hope back to me, Lord, because right now everything looks hopeless. It looks like the devil's going to take everything. Hallelujah. But I come to let you know that the breaker has come. Whoa. What I see is God. Now, I know we got men and women here tonight, but what I see is God. I'm coming on down there with you, okay? You're the next contestant on the prizes, right? Come on down. What I see is women are struggling. I have a friend of mine who who has been under attack. Her family has been under attack. And I'm going to tell you what. I have watched. This is a prayer warrior. This is an intercessor woman. This is a woman that, that raised her family to serve God. And I have watched as the enemy has come in to try to take her kids, to try to discourage them, to try to take their business. And, and, and I'm seeing how that God is, is having to step in and he's trying to have, he's bracing his people to be able to handle and stand under the attack you are not going to die in this attack I need somebody to hear that somebody in this house before you leave you need to declare I will not die but I will live and declare the works of the Lord I see that women, so many women are under attack. I see they're, they're under attack in their mind. They're under attack in, in their emotions. They're just at that point. There are a lot of women that have to be the spiritual head of their household. There, there are a lot of women that are just trying to keep things in order. And they're just tired and they're weary. And I'm watching women as they sit back and they're saying, Dear God, I'm just so tired. I just don't know how much more I can take. But I come to let you know tonight that God is not going to allow anything on you that's going to destroy you if you have a made up mind that I am not going to be destroyed. I may be cast down, but I'm getting back up. Oh, come on. 
I love the book of Micah. I believe it's chapter 7. Hallelujah. When he says this, he says, oh, don't you rejoice too fast over me, oh enemy. Don't you start celebrating and having a party right now. Hallelujah. You don't like me. Hallelujah. Because I may be down now, but I'm going to get back up. Hallelujah. I come to tell somebody in this house, you may have been knocked down, but you're getting back up. God is raising you up and he's empowering you. Hallelujah. To bring victory into your house, into your community, into your children's life. He is empowering you as a woman of God. Hallelujah. To begin to break open doors and go into areas. Hallelujah. That only God can carry you through and victory will be yours. I also love, 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 absolutely love that story in the book of Judges when Deborah tells Barak, says, go on out there now and go to war. He looks at her and says, I'm not going to go without you. I need you. I like that. Do you know why he said that? It wasn't because he was afraid, but he submitted. He knew. He recognized. He knew, hallelujah, who she was. He recognized and he reverenced and respected the call that was. And he said, look, I can go out there, but I want to know that you're right there. And then she turns to him and says, look, you're going to fight. You're going to be tired. You're going to get beat up. You're going to be scratched up. You're going to be bleeding. They're going to be so tired that you're going to wonder, God, I got nothing left in me. But even though you're going to be on the front lines fighting, I want you to know that victory is going to come, but it's going to come in the hands of a woman. Oh. Isn't it awesome to know that God speaks a word over you and he's talking about you and sometimes you don't even know it? Who would have thought that there was a woman by the name of Jael? After all, he's not talking about her until that moment. We never see her come to the forefront until it is her time and her season. We never see where she comes from, who how watches her. We don't watch her grow up like we watched Deb, uh, uh, like we watched Ruth walk the road with uh, a Naomi. We didn't see her grow up like we watched David grow up. No. But let me tell you something. God has a word and a promise spoken over your life. And I don't know what you're fighting tonight. And I don't know what struggles you've been hanging on to. Hallelujah. And they're just trying your best to get victory over them. I don't know what it is. But I do know this. And that is that whatever struggles that you have been up against. Hallelujah. You are going to overcome it. As long as you make up your mind. I am not quitting. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm not strong on my own. But I got God on my side. And as long as God is with me if God be for me then who can be against me and as long as you make up your mind you keep praying over that child that's rebellious hallelujah and you don't even know where they are right now hallelujah you keep praying over that husband hallelujah that has been having an affair on you you keep praying over that business that looks like it's about to collapse don't you give up on a word that God said that he has given to you because God is the one that is going to bring deliverance to you the breaker has come. Woo! Mm. Woo! Let me tell you, I, I, 
I got in the word and I was looking today and I was just pulling up different scriptures on the word threshold. And I was having Holy Ghost fits all by myself. Because here's the thing about a threshold. Y'all just hang on because this is an iPad, which means I got to, you know, push buttons and I got to go back and all that kind of stuff. And anyway, we're there. Threshold. Threshold in the Hebrew is mefton. And it means a projecting beam at a higher point, a door, the place or point of entering or a new beginning. There's a lot of people that have a tendency to get to that threshold and die. Do you remember? You remember when David went to get the Ark of the Covenant? And because the Philistines had put it on a, a, uh, had been carrying it around on a new cart, he thought he could do the same thing. Understand that we have a responsibility and we cannot slack in our responsibility. The Bible says that they put that on the new cart. You know the story. And all of a sudden that oxen starts to move across and is moving across, hallelujah, a threshold. And he stumbles. And when he stumbles, trying to move from one place to the other. We're trying to get the Holy Spirit to over this direction, and we're doing it in a way that God never ordained us to do it. Come on. Programs may work for a little while. (laughs) And I don't preach against programs. I don't do that. But let me tell you something. Programs may work for a little while, and some things may work for some churches, but what works for one church may not work for you. And if we think... That the Holy Spirit is going to come back to the house of God and to America and to our church and to our home on something new. Something other than what it came with in Acts 2. Something other than prayer and commitment and fasting and singing and worshiping. And if we think that we can put programs and things together to make it happen quick to get him to move over to that threat and we think that that's going to make it happen we got another thing coming hallelujah if it came one way in acts 2 that's the way it's going to come in 2016 he's going to come with people who will be committed to stand and be still and stay and pray and be in his presence that ain't even part of my message but it sure was good So here, you see how that when that oxen began to move across that threshold, all of a sudden, the Bible says that Yuzah puts forth his hand and he stops it. And when he braces it, then God struck him dead and he dies right there. Now, a lot of people would like to say, ah, why would God do something like that? Because if you read about Yuzah, you'll find out that Yuzah knew better. He grew up in the house where he knew the protocol and the laws. He grew up. Knowing the high priest and the priest and the rules. He knew better. The Bible said that he put forth his hand. He stopped that that ark of the covenant. And when he touched it, he laid dead. Because of some generation that, that did not continue to pray and put the foundation of the word of God. Another generation died that day. 
Too many people have died at the place of crossing over. There are a lot of people and there are a lot of women that are dying right at the point of a breakthrough. Right at the point of God is moving you to another. Oh my God. I just need to sit down and amen right now. Right at the point where God says, I'm about to move you in. Now, I know it's going to be hard, but I'm doing something new in you. You can't see it right now because struggles are everywhere around you. Oh, my God. You don't even understand what I'm about to do, but you're at the point where I'm about to pull you through this door. But you're going to have to go across this threshold first. Huh? I come to tell somebody you're right at that place. You're almost at that place. You're about to lose your mind or just go uh, ninja, Christian ninja on somebody. Jesus. Just at that point. Hallelujah. Where you are. See, see right here. You see this right here? You that are close. Hallelujah. And you can see You see that thing? It's, it's a little higher than the regular ground. Hallelujah. But it's also that point. Hallelujah. Where it breaks the atmosphere. It breaks the place from being here to being on the outside. And you are at that place. There is a place that God is saying that I'm taking people right now. I'm taking women there right now. Hallelujah. But that is a place that you've got to understand that there is a battle about getting across there. You cannot have victory without a battle. You cannot conquer without confrontation. Hallelujah. We want to have a testimony and we want to shout about victory. But dear God, I don't want to go through hell to get it. Hallelujah. There is a place that you're going to have to cross to get to that point, to get to that. And you are right there. I come to tell somebody in this house, you are right at that place. Hallelujah. Don't you lose the battle at the threshold. The threshold. Don't you give up at the threshold. Hallelujah. Don't you give up in Jordan. Hallelujah. Learn to be still while you're standing in Jordan because there's a miracle coming. Hallelujah. He's taking you higher. There's a greater anointing coming. There's a door that's about to open. Don't you die on the threshold. Come on, slap somebody and tell them, say, don't you die right there. That's a place where your battles are. I go over in the book of Judges and I'm reading a story there about a Levite. The Bible just says he's a Levite. Didn't give me his name. Just said, here's a Levite. And this Levite had a woman. The woman left him and ran back to her husband. This woman went back to, not her husband, went back to her father. Went back to her father's house. The Bible said that she was there for a while. And then he gets up one day and he says to his servants, get everything together. Because I'm going back after my woman. Now watch this. I'm going to shorten this story. Because we can go all places with this story. The Bible said that they get there. This man goes into the house, sees this woman sitting there with her father. And the Bible said the father-in-law or the father of this woman begins to rejoice. <laughs> she he probably said, Dear God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> I gave her hand to you 20 years ago. She's yours. <laughs> I don't know. The Bible says that this woman here. 
that he comes and gets her. He stays there for four days. But then they get up and they start to leave. And they get their, they get the donkeys together. They get all the, 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 the suitcases together. They get all the servants together. I mean, it was a whole team of people that came with him. After one woman. No. So here they come. They're on their way back home. On their way back to the place of shelter. On the way back to the place of their provision. On the way back to the place of their security. Their life. And the Bible says that on their way back that they get tired. And the evening comes in. So they start looking for a place to stay. A man comes along out of the field and sees them in the middle of the street and says, what are you doing here? And they tell him the story. He said, come on into my house. I'll feed you. I'll wash your feet. I'll give you something to drink. And there you can lay down and rest for the night and then start your journey again in the morning. So the Bible says that they all got together and they went into the house. And while they were in the house... In this town, the men of this town who were operating under a spirit, a spirit that is in America today. And the Bible says that these men come knocking on the door and said to this older gentleman, we saw the men that walked into this house and we want them for ourselves. Let us have them for pleasure for ourselves. Come on. Attack began to come to the house. Struggles began to come to the house. The enemy was on the other side of that door waiting to destroy all that was in the house. Oh, come on, somebody. Ready to destroy and suck the life out of the house. And the Bible said that the man said to them on the outside, I am not going to give you these men. So what happens is instead the woman has been taken out of the house. And the Bible said that he puts her out into the street so that the men could have their way with her. And the Bible says that she is there all night long. They have abused her. Oh my goodness. They have beat her. They have used her. (laughs) She was the bait. Oh, come on, somebody. She was the target for what was really, they were really after in the house. Oh, y'all with me now? She was the bait that the enemy took a hold of and that somebody threw her out. She became the bait. But not only did she become the bait, she was fighting, hallelujah, for everything that was in that house. Now watch this. The Bible said that when the next morning arose, that they opened up the door and the man looked out and the woman was laying at the doorway. (laughs) At the point of entrance. At the point of a new beginning. Come on. And the Bible said her hand was hanging on to the threshold. 
She was hanging on to the threshold. Hallelujah. Why? Because that is the place where she knew it was a place of new beginning. And she was in the middle of a battle. Why? Because she was saving. Hallelujah. Everybody that was in the house. Hallelujah. If I got to stay at this doorway and fight for what I believe in. If I got to be thrown out to the walls and pray all night long. Hallelujah. If my mind comes under attack. One thing's for sure. I got my hand on this threshold. And I'm not going to let you in. You ain't taking my son. You ain't taking my family. You ain't destroying my father. I am fighting. Your battle is at the threshold. Your battle is at the threshold. Don't you die at the threshold. Get your hand on it and pray and fight like you ain't ever fought before. Know who you are in Christ and declare the word of God and tell the devil, you got to get behind me because I know who I am and you ain't coming in this house. Woo! High five somebody. Come on! Tell I say you ain't coming in this house, devil. You ain't coming in this house. I've been fighting way too hard. I've been out there. I've been abused. I've been tired. I've been bleeding. I've been used up. But one thing's for sure. If I'm tired, I ain't letting go of this threshold. Hallelujah. Because in order for my family to come out of here and come out alive, I got to stay at the threshold. Somebody shot in this house. Somebody shot in this house. Don't you die. Don't you quit. You are at the place of a breakthrough. Woo. Oh my God. Don't you quit. Because here's the thing. The next morning, she's down here. Crying and weeping. Lifeless. No strength left in her. But her hand was attached to that threshold. When the door opened, it opened for one reason. Because those that were in there were moving to another place. And in order for them to be able to move from here to here, somebody had to go through the battle at the threshold. Somebody had to say, I ain't quitting. Somebody had to say, you can abuse me. You can talk about me. You can slander my name. But I know who I am. And you've been trying to, oh, come on. Let me tell you something. There's so many families that are under attack. Children, our children, our children are under attack. 
Our youth are under attack. Because it's the same thing when Pharaoh, when, 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 Mo, when, when Moses said, let my people go. And the Bible said that Pharaoh said, I'm going to let you and I'm going to let the wives and I'm going to let the men go. But the cattle and the children, I'm not going to let go. Because he wants to keep them under bondage. And he wants to keep your mind so trapped with hopelessness. But that's not who we are. We don't live in fear. When we see the enemy in our house, we have to be like J.L. The Bible said that the enemy come into her house, laid down on her couch. Who dare he? Who does he think he is? And then he had enough gall to ask her for something to drink. Really? You're not even my man. You want me to wait on you. But the Bible said that when he came in, come on, now we're back to Deborah. The Bible said when he walked in the house, he laid down, asked for something to drink. He made the enemy made himself comfortable in her home. And when the enemy starts getting comfortable in your home, you better not settle with it. Come on. Women, you better get at that threshold. And you better battle for little Johnny because the devil's after little Johnny. You better battle for little Tabitha because the devil is after Tabitha. Hallelujah. You better not leave your place just because you're tired. But let the weak say, I am strong. Come on. Let the poor say, I am rich. We better begin to declare the word of God. Use the word of God and stop sitting around on our couches crying about it. Asking somebody to come over just so that you can share just your pain all the time. We're all in pain. We can't sit around all the time just talking about it. And like somebody said, scratching at it. We can't do that. Talking about how bad. No, you better get up and you better declare the word of the Lord. Here probably about almost a year ago, I, I was at home and I felt the spirit of evil come in, depression come in, and I found myself laying in bed and I was crying. I did everything I'm telling you not to do. And I was crying in that bed and I was like, yeah, it was noon. Now I know that, that I don't do that anymore. I don't sleep till noon, I promise y'all. That's when I was traveling evangelist. I don't do that anymore. And so I was laying in that bed and I was crying and I was like, God, I'm losing my mind. God, I don't know why am I going through all this change. God, I don't like my life. I don't like my Why? 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 So I called my sister because she is an intercessor. I said, I need you to pray, Jackie. Pray. She said, I'm going to pray. But let me tell you something. <laughs> you taught me what to do. I said, I know. Now I need to see if you can do it. Do it. She said, let me tell you something, Connie. The devil is a liar. And you better get a hold of yourself and get a hold of your mind and get a hold of your emotions. And you better get out of that bed and go find you some oil and start anointing everything in that house. 
because that's what I've told her to do. So I have to tell you that I didn't immediately get up. I got off the phone. Ah! And then I'm like, wait a minute. What am I doing? Come on, sometimes we got to shake ourselves. Sometimes, sometimes that hog pen doesn't have to always just be sin. We need to come to ourselves in that place of depression, of seeing the enemy trying to shut us down. And I came to myself and I got up. I didn't rush in there and reverend. Uh-uh. I went in there and I'm like, God, I'm tired. I'm tired. I don't know what else to do. I'm, I don't understand why this has been a bad two years. God, why, why? And I went into the kitchen and I found me some canola oil. It, it'll work. <laughs> yes. And I got me some canola oil and... I still wasn't really feeling anything, but I went on. The first thing I did is I went to that door and I started putting canola oil on that doorknob and, and then I started anointing everything around that door and then I moved into the kitchen and I anointed every bar stool and I anointed the refrigerator anything anybody would touch or pass through it had oil all over it by the time I got to the front to the beginning of that hallway I'm telling you I kicked into rev and I go oh devil you in trouble now uh uh no and then my mind went back to the movie so I went over to all my doors and I opened them up and I said get out of my house get out of my house you don't belong here I'm going to stand at this threshold hold this threshold and I ain't going to let you in hallelujah but we're coming out you ain't going in but we're coming out hallelujah I ain't going to give up because I'm fighting for what's on the inside of there you better give him praise in this house Somebody on the inside of your house is dependent on you to battle at the threshold. Don't die at the threshold. Somebody is dependent on you to take them where they need to go. I understand it's a heavy responsibility, but you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Hallelujah. Pray until you see a miracle. It's coming. It's coming. Your breakthrough is here. Somebody give him a shout of praise. Jesus. Oh my God. My God. A few years ago, when my family and I come off and I'm getting ready to close, I, I didn't they didn't give me a time limit, so I don't know. The boss said, go ahead. A few years ago, when the Lord had us to leave the full-time evangelistic field. And I mean, we traveled everywhere for 15 years, every week in a different place. And, but because my husband got sick, we had to come off the road because he had to get under doctor's care. And so we were, we went for like two months and I never preached nothing. Listen, listen to me. When evangelists ain't preaching, they ain't getting paid. Two months, and we didn't preach. 
two or three times a week during those two months, I would go check the mail and there'd be money in that mail from an individual, from a church. We had more money then than we did before we ever got to that place. But I, we went through all of the changes and then my husband passed away. I had believed for his healing. I had believed. I lived for the last month of his life. Now, let me just say this. At the time when I got a call, I was at South Carolina at a ladies' conference. And I got a call. I left my brother and sister-in-law there to take care of him. He, has, he was already at that place where he couldn't do anything for himself. Nothing, absolutely nothing. But I had these meetings. And so I asked him, I said, can you come stay with him for about three days while I'm gone? While I'm there, I get a, a phone call. Connie, we're taking him to the emergency room. They think he's got a peritoneal peritonitis. And so I said, okay. I said, well, I'm preaching this last service, and I'll get a flight out in the morning, and I'll head home. As soon as I got home, this was at the end of September, a few years ago. As soon as I got home, I went straight to the hospital. We spent a month there in that hospital. Most of the time, he was on life support, and I kept declaring the word. I kept praying. The Lord took him home. So I went through that time of grief. Through a time of grief where I felt like I had lost all my identity. I didn't know who I was anymore. Because that part of me was gone and I was married for 33 years. And I was like, God, now what am I going to do? Can I just tell you that for a moment I entertained a lie from the enemy. That said, nobody's going to ever book you back now because they really wanted you for the music anyway. I shut down. I could not see myself moving forward. I would be so angry at times, I would bang my head against a wall. I would be so angry at times, I would get in the car and I would go as fast as I could in that car. When the grief would hit me, it would hit me to the point that it would put me in bed for the rest of the day. I was pastoring at that time because we had just pioneered a church. And now here I am alone to have to pastor this church. And as soon as my husband passed, a spirit of Jezebel rose up in my church. And then I was trying to deal with that. I was angry. I never realized that I was an angry person until I dealt with all that. I wanted to just leave and run. I couldn't see myself anymore in the future. I was trying to preach every Sunday. I was studying to do Bible study every Wednesday. And nobody knew that all the other days that I was at home dealing with all this junk in my life. Because I smiled in front of them. I led worship. I did everything I knew I had to do. And one Saturday night, our children were at a kids camp. And my two of my kids were all as the counselors were gone, so I stayed there at their house to babysit their two smallest ones. And I was exhausted. Emotionally, I was done. And I put the kids to bed, and I'm sitting there in that recliner, and I started praying. I said, God, here I am again. 
and I'm about to get ready for, to preach tomorrow. I need a word for tomorrow. And I can't even think straight. I got to have something, God. You got to do something. I cannot continue to function. I can't continue to preach. I can't continue to do what you call me to do in the state that I'm in right now. So you're going to have to fix this. Because I can't. And I began to weep and I began to pray. And all of a sudden, I felt grief coming on. And if you've ever dealt with grief, then you know what I'm talking about. When it comes, it starts coming like a wave and you can't stop it. And I felt it coming. And I began to get angry. I said, God, no, 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 no. And it hit me. And I began to weep and I began to cry. And I began to scream in that living room. Why, God, did you do this to me? Why? And then all of a sudden, somebody say, but God. God. All of a sudden, I just got a limp in that chair. And I had a heaviness to come on me. And all of a sudden, I was, it was almost like I was asleep, but I knew I was awake. And I was like, oh. And I knew the presence of God just went. And then all of a sudden, I had this vision. (laughs) And I saw, it was like I was up here and I was looking down into that living room. And I saw this huge hand come out of the heavens. Went into my chest. Got a hold of a big, dark heart. And he began to pull it out. And immediately when he pulled it out, he replaced it with a heart full of life. It was the most supernatural experience. And I have not grieved one time since. Because God knew I was at that threshold. And I said, God, I know it's time for me to cross over to a new level. But I don't know how to get there. And he steps in and said, that's okay. I'm going to take you there. (laughs) So, God healed me of that supernaturally. And then, the Lord brought a man into my life. A wonderful man of God. I was not looking for no man. I had already raised mine. Just saying. I'm just teasing all you men. (laughs) I wasn't looking. I really wasn't. But God brought him into my life. And the, the year that we began to talk, in September, I went again to the same ladies' conference on the same month, and I'm there. Now, first of all, I need to let you know this. We ain't through preaching, okay? We're going to end this here in just a minute. We're going somewhere. And the first thing, I, when, when I started meeting this man and started talking to him, the first question was, are you a healthy man? 
to understand that I had become more than just a wife and anyone that knew me they real personally knew that I had also become a caretaker and I was trying to preach and do everything and be a nurse and I did it for a very long time we took dialysis machines with us on planes to get to the next place to preach and so (laughs) I asked him are you a healthy man he thought that was the strangest thing anyone had ever asked him. I said, you, you just don't know. I need to know. Because we ain't going no further until we know. He said, I'm healthy. Never been to the doctor. Never even had to take prescription drugs. I said, well, all Woo! Hallelujah. So here I am now. And this, that year... It was last year. I was in, in September. I was back in Carolina at Myrtle Beach. Same conference, same time of the month. And while I'm there, I get a phone call. The, the, the conference had just ended. I never go out during a conference and play. So the conference has, had ended. So I was going to the beach. And I was going to relax. And I get a phone call. And it is my husband now. It is his sister. And this is how it started. Connie, don't panic. Really? I wasn't till you said that. Don't panic. I said, okay. But I just want to let you know that Joe passed out at work and that they had to call an ambulance and they've taken him to check him out. I was okay with that. He passed out. Maybe he needed peanut butter. I don't know. Give him some apple juice or something. I don't know. Okay, that's good. So I hung the phone up. I was cool. And then I get a phone call from my brother. He says, are you okay? I said, yes, I'm okay. Well, because I heard that, is Joe okay? I mean, I heard he had a seizure. I said, whoa, wait a minute. Back up. Because that's not what I heard. And he said, well, then you need to call somebody because that's what I heard. Well, now I'm in panic mode. So I couldn't get through to anybody, so I called my daughter. And I said, Deanna, I hate to ask you to do this, but I need you to go to the hospital. And it was the hospital that her, husband, her dad was in. And I hate to ask you, but I need you to go to that hospital and you find out what's going on. And you call me and you tell me the truth and don't hold anything back. She said, okay, Mom, I'll do that. So she goes to the hospital. And she goes in and... Time goes by and she calls me. She said, Mom, they've just done an MRI. And they said that it looks like he has a tumor on his brain. I said, what? I said, God, I'm at the same conference at the same month. And I'm getting another phone call. What have I done to deserve this? Have you ever asked God anything like that? What have I done? To deserve this, that you would take the ones that I love out of my life. And I began to sit down on that sidewalk. And I wept and I cried. 
I immediately got on the the phone, got me a plane out that evening. As soon as I got there, I ended up back at that same hospital. It was the same song, second verse. I go in. Two days after being there, they take him in. They're doing surgery. They take that mass off of his brain. So now we're all sitting in the, the, the waiting room. All of my family that can be there is there with me because they knew what I had just went through. And so here I am sitting there waiting for the report from the doctor as they are going to tell us if it is malignant. So we've been there. His, his family's there, his sister, his mother, my family is there. The doctor comes out, and the only thing he says is we've taken it out and it is malignant and I'm telling you I went ballistic I was angry again I said God why why and I put my head down in my lap and I wept and I was so angry I was shaking come on this is not easy for me to admit to you this I'm just being real because somebody needs to know that real stuff happens to all of us And so I sit there and I'm just shaking and I'm so angry I wanted to scream. I wanted to go through that hospital and I wanted to break everything off of that the desk of that host that was sitting there. I just I was angry. I wanted to knock every plant over in that room. I was mad. I didn't understand God. I'm sitting there. My sister's trying to talk to me on one side. My sister-in-law's on the other side. Another woman comes and kneels in front of me and she says, look, you got to keep your eyes on God. We got to keep believing. I said, you don't understand. I've been believing. I've been there. You don't understand. And so I'm sitting there and, and anger hits me. And then all of a sudden, I feel somebody come along. And they got me by the hand and they yanked me up. And it was his sister. And she stands about like this to me. And she pulled me up. And she's looking at me. She said, you are a woman of God. Now straighten up. I'm like, girl, you better be glad right now I'm crying. Because I'm all up on you talking to me like that. You are a woman of God. She looked at everyone in that. Now, look, I was the minister in this whole bunch. She looked at everyone there and she said, come on, we are going to this conference room. And she marched over, swung a door open. We all went into this conference room. We're standing around in a circle. We're all weeping. And she says, we are not going to weep another tear. We are going to declare that he is healed. We will not walk out of here no more. And we will not say that he has cancer. We will not talk to any. Don't you dare. If I find out that somebody put it on Facebook, Aaliyah, pray for Joe, then I'm going to come to you. And you're going to wish I hadn't had to come to you. It's a little bit of one thing. Come on now. Let me tell you something. When you get on a threshing hold, when you get on that threshold, I, I don't care what kind of small stuff you are, big stuff starts coming out of you because you're fighting for everything you believe in. All of a sudden, you're saying, don't you say nothing negative to me. Hallelujah. All of a sudden, you're saying, I don't care what it looks like. This is what God said. I don't care Hallelujah. how tired I am. Everything on the inside of that house is going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord and where I have been in a battle is a place that they are coming to. Yeah! Yeah! 
you see that? Do you see that? The Bible said when the man opened the door, the woman was on the other side of the door already. You are already in that place. You've been battling in that place that your family is coming to. Hallelujah. Don't you quit because your battle is there, but your victory is there as well. Somebody ought to give me praise. Now stay right there because we're about to bring this to a close. We're about to do some war. Come on, get your war paint on. Woo! So Joe went through chemo. He went through radiation. He went through all that. One day we have to go back for an MRI. We're sitting in there. He looks at the doctor and he says, Doctor... Can you just tell me what the name of that tumor was? And I'm like, really? Why? I didn't do that on the outside. It was all on the inside. You see, I'm still a new wife, so I'm like, not anymore. I mean, that's that's over. It's over now. But, but. When he asked the doctor that, I'm sitting there going, why? Why? Because I already knew what the name was. And I Googled it. Let me tell you something about knowledge. If you're not careful, your knowledge will knock your faith flat down. We don't operate by knowledge. We operate by So when the doctor told him the name, he knew immediately what it was. And he looked at the doctor and he said, thank you for finally giving it a name. Because now every name has to bow at his name. I was like, what? What? You go. He has not had another headache. They went back. Every MRI comes back and says, they say, we don't even see the spot where we took it out. Everything's growed back like there was never anything there. Hallelujah. There is nothing new, nothing growing there. Completely healed whole in Jesus' name. Do you know why? Because we stayed on the threshold. We battled the enemy. We played music. Hallelujah. That did nothing but quote Bible scriptures on healing all night long. All night long, we heard it going on the stereo. All day long, it was on the stereo. We had the word in us. We had it plastered all over the house. And every time anybody would say anything, we say he's healed whole and complete. Because God doesn't do anything halfway. Hallelujah. And not only that, but all the finances. Hallelujah. That it stole from us because of doctor's visits, because of medicine. Hallelujah. The Bible. Bible said that when the woman touched the hem of his garment, he told her, your faith has made you whole. In other words, everything that is attached to you, hallelujah, that has been under attack, it is now whole. Hallelujah. He's not going to do one thing. He's going to do the whole thing. He's going to do it all. It's coming back. Get on the threshold. 
and don't you die because where you're battling hallelujah victory's coming and because you've been there your family's coming out and they're gonna walk over hallelujah your ministry is coming out it's going to another level your finances going to another level your anointing going to another level your children going to another level why because mama's been praying because grandma has hung on to the threshold don't you die One last scripture, Ezekiel 10 and 4. Then, somebody shout then. Then the glory of the Lord went up from the chariot and stood over the threshold. And the house was filled with his glory. What? Where did it come down at? At the place of your battle. At the place of your crossing over. At the place of a new beginning. Hallelujah. It's been at a place of abuse. The Bible said she was abused there. She was tired there. She was crying there. She was sick there. She was used up. Hallelujah. And ready to quit. But at that place, the glory came down. Somebody better know that the glory is coming down. The very place of your attack is gonna be the place where you have a breakthrough. It's the same place, hallelujah, of your blessing. Don't die at the threshold. Hang on, hang on, cause you're going over. My God. Woo. We got any women in this house that says I'm ready to war? Woo. I was all down and out and wimpy until I got here and heard all that. Now, hey. We going to whoop some devil. Heine. Is that okay, Pastor? Rebuke me after a while when nobody's around, okay? You are going to get your peace and assurance tonight. That at that place, you're crossing over. Something big is about my God. Oh, hallelujah. She's going to play some music. You guys can play right along with her. It's only one song and then y'all take it over. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you right now, we're going to declare war in this house. We are declaring war in this house. Huh? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to say you can't have my breakthrough? You can't have my family.
Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.